Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Welcome to the Jack and Joe Show. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness. Hi, welcome to another episode of the Jack and Joe Show. We're down in Leeds today with the fabulous Andrew Thomas. Hi, Andrew. Hey, guys. How's it doing? How are you doing? How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Today, we're just going to be asking Andrew just about a bit about his background, how he got into property, and, and, and what he's doing at the moment. So, where did it all where did it all start? Uh, it all started about three years ago. Um, we both, Mary and I were partner, both quit our jobs, yeah. went traveling. That just changed everything really, changed all our mentalities and yeah. what we should be doing. Yeah. Um, so that's where it all came about. Kind of once, you, once we'd finished traveling for a year, it was very hard to go back to a full-time job. Yeah. And it still is full, hard. Yeah, yeah. Being in a full-time job, so the aim is to get out as soon as possible. Yeah, it's a kind of freedom that you kind of had a flavour for there with the travelling. <laughs> yeah, completely. So I was like very career-driven. I was like, you know, I wanted my own architecture practice and things like that. And then yeah. that's all gone out the window now completely. <laughs> we we went off travelling and within a week of being on the road, met this 22-year-old Canadian kid who'd uh, was ran a business on his laptop, never had a real job, just travelled the world running this yeah, business. Yeah, and you're wow, just thinking... Nice. Hang on, right? <laughs> Where's the, you know, when no one told me ever told me anything like this before. So, yeah, just instantly, just changed our mindset completely. We've always loved traveling. That's all. We saved all our money from our job every year, and it was all towards going on traveling. We didn't take a day off work unless we were going abroad somewhere. You know, it was that was yeah. what it was all around. So that's what inspired the big trip, and then to understand that, hang on, actually, this can be. You know, with a passive income, this can just become a, almost a permanent thing. Yeah. Um, that's what that was what the big driver was, yeah. Definitely cool. Um, and so, what was it about property then? I suppose it's the property itself that kind of led you to kind of maybe talks maybe about passive cash flow. So we, when we finished traveling, we moved straight to Australia. Um, okay. When we landed in Australia, and we were obviously kind of come up with this new idea now when we were looking at all sorts of different businesses, things on Amazon, selling yeah. multivitamins, you know, kind yeah, of yeah. some of those old pyramid schemes and things oh, like yeah, that. We were looking at all these different options. Dropshipping and all the rest. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and um, read the four hour work week. So it was like, look, you know, kind of all inspired by all of that. Yeah. And then um, we, I'd read Rich Dad Poor Dad as well as part of while we were traveling. Um, we'd got to just got to Australia, saw this advert for a kind of property, free property seminar in Australia, and, yeah. In Australia okay. yeah. And it just, background in architecture, we just both saw it and was like, that's, that's the answer. That's just, it, yeah, yeah, You yeah. know what I mean? It just makes 
complete sense with our with our background to nice. be to go into property. Brilliant. So um, after the year in Australia, uh, you came back to the UK. Uh, what happened then? Um, so we did some education in Oz. So we did get started in Australia, getting our training, yeah. getting ourselves trained up, and then yeah, we absolutely love living in Australia. Amazing lifestyle if you want to live the nine of nine to five working yeah. life. Yeah. Um, but we knew we didn't. So the whole thing was get ourselves trained, get some cash saved up whilst we're over in Australia, and then we came back and set set ourselves up straight away and. Um, plowed head first into yeah. into property. Did you look at anything like that? Did you look at property in Australia? Did you explore any of them, them options? So if you go on a property course in Australia, they t tell you to either go and invest in New Zealand really? or, or invest in the UK. <laughs> so we were on this course. We'd been in Australia for literally a month. Yeah. And this we were on this course and we were like, oh, we're from, we're from the UK. And they were like, okay, move back home. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, we've only just got here. <laughs> we, don't, we don't want to move back home. So what? we stuck it out a bit longer and then, and then we came back. So no, they don't, they don't. Australia, they um, hammer what's called negative gearing and it is effectively yeah. taking negative equity on properties and really? they give yeah. you a tax saving on it. But it's, it's like you lose a pound and save 50p on your tax. So it's, it doesn't add up and you're just you're just praying for capital growth it's not a Crazy. good model wow. at all i didn't know that i went to, i went traveling um to australia did like a year year and a half but i wasn't even interested in property at yeah. the time but i never even found out what it was like there but it's interesting to see that you actually explored that avenue when you were there and yeah so when you came back to the uk what sort of strategy did, did you decide on why and and all them reasons. So we've always wanted to just um, buy and hold our own portfolio and that's centered around HMOs. Okay. When we first got back, uh, we hadn't been in the UK for three years, so we had no tax history or anything like that. We didn't own our own home. We had no pro rental properties to our name. So we really struggled at the, at the beginning with getting mortgages, yeah. which is something people should should consider. Like, it says the, the market's narrow to to start with and it opens up further. But if you come back with literally nothing, it's a very narrow market. So, um, I mean, we were straight away off the bat. It was like kind of come back in at least three months once you've got uh, some salary history behind you. Okay. Um, so that pushed us off down looking at other avenues. We went down the rent to SA route to start yeah. with. Okay. Um, but now we now with the mortgage market's opening up to us. So we've moved back to um, buying okay. HMOs, okay. which is what was always the strategy. Okay, so how are you doing that? You've got full-time wage coming in, you've got a couple of <coughs> statements and stuff like that, what do you need? Yeah, so it's all kind of, all the mortgages are basically, we buy through a company, but yeah. um, everything's basically personally guaranteed off um, salaries. Okay, okay. Is that you and your partner? or just? Yeah, just it's you? both of us. Um, again, they usually just look at mine, because um, I'm technically full-time, whereas Mary's technically part-time okay. with her job, even though it's it's... It's a bit complicated, but yeah. anyway, so <laughs> it's basically my my salary. Yeah, that's um, that's user's personal guarantee. Brilliant. Okay. Okay. Could you run us through a bit about um your first SA deal and what kind of uh, things you went to get through? Like what kind of uh, struggles you had to go through to get that first deal? <laughs> There's plenty yeah. of struggles. We we everything we do is in is centered around Leeds. HMOs are um in some of the surrounding towns as well, but. The SAs are in Leeds as well. Leeds is a very difficult market. Um, I'm sure other people will think that there's difficult markets around as well. But um, Leeds is mainly apartments. There's not many houses that lead into the city centre. And 95% of the head leases don't allow um, service accommodation. Really, yeah. So you've got to be very um, shrewd to find the ones that actually allow it or kind of go down an alternative route of... Um, 
getting in with a developer when a building is actually built or converted into apartments. Yeah. yeah. So um, Mary led the majority of it and she had a very long three months. We viewed maybe, I think we're getting close to 100 properties to get our okay. first um, essay. Yeah, yeah. So it was, a, it was a real struggle. Yeah, yeah, it just to show your determination to get it, you know, pushing through, like, so yeah. there's no after no to actually eventually, eventually yeah. get that yes. Yeah, definitely. You know? Um, so you have the couple of service accommodation units right now and you uh, saved up a bit with your full-time job yeah. and now you're looking to, and you have done, purchase to HMO. Yep, so we've got two HMOs purchased now. Uh, one is undergoing this refurb, so that's probably been a month, five weeks maybe that we've been going there. Okay. So it's all the strip outs done, it's starting to come back together, so it's starting to look like a HMO now, which is good. Um, the other one's going through conveyancing, we're probably going to complete on that either just before Christmas or just after Christmas, hopefully. Excellent, yeah. If I can delay it long enough. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, so I uh, suppose there's must, there must be a big demand for HMOs in Leeds, is there? Yeah, Leeds is massive. It's got a huge um, Article 4 area, which we are actually avoiding. We've, okay. we've bought outside the Article 4 area. Which, yeah. is, which is our strategy um, competition for HMOs in the Article 4 area is just crazy. Is it? Um, it's an avenue that we're not, um, we're not averse to exploring, but at the minute um, we, we struggle a bit for time okay. to, you've got to, be, you've got to be very fast. You've got yeah. to see the property and you've got to have all your ducks lined up within a week really. Because yeah. okay. um, yeah. you're also competing with the, um, you know, the landlords who are buying properties for, this, for their son or daughter who's yeah. at university and they're just seeing a, somewhere to park money effectively for five years and they're not interested in Great um, cash flow yeah cash flow or bagging a deal or, or whatnot so yeah it's a very competitive market and uh, with regards to managing the HMOs do you plan on uh, self-managing or giving it to an agent um we will probably self-manage the first couple okay. there's some cash saving there i know there's the alternative of you know you're losing time but i'd like yeah. to it's not something we know much about, so yeah. we'd like to do it ourselves, just like we did with the SA to start with. Yeah. We managed that by ourselves, so we understood the processes and the problems. Mm. Yeah. Um, the SA now is pretty much systemized. It's lockbox on it, cleaner goes. We literally, haven't, I personally haven't stepped in our apartment for probably two months, okay, and yeah, I reckon Mary's probably not been for a month. Right. Um, yeah. So it's that's starting to get systemized. So it's something we'll definitely look at long term, yeah. especially um, like I said, we, we're doing all of this because we want to travel the world, so yeah, yeah. we need people who are going to manage things for us. So the SA is fully systemised, what's the what's the profit like on it, if you don't mind me asking? You know, a lot of people sell the dream of service accommodation, fully hands-off, you make a £1,000 a month, um, profit's net. We're definitely not making a £1,000 a month, uh, we're probably more like 700 on average. Yeah. Um, which isn't to be you know, smirked out, I'm not saying that, it's, it's, yeah. not, it's not good money. The game was always to buy HMOs and once that market opened up to us, we've moved away from it, say, because criteria for HMO is that it's got to make a minimum of £1,000 a month. Okay. So we know we're going to make more than we do on the SA, less hands-on. Okay, yeah, yeah. So that's net of £1,000 a month that you yeah. want off them HMOs. What's the minimum bedrooms that you go, the amount of bedrooms going for then? Um, we... The one that's on side the minute is going to be a five bed. Yeah. The other one is a four or a five. We're debating at the minute what we're going to do. We have to put a dormer extension in okay. to get the fifth bedroom on the other one. Yeah. And we're just trying to decide whether or not it stacks up. Yeah. Um, it'll give us more cash flow like, in terms of actual cash per month. Yeah. But it's not. Strangely, doesn't really give a better ROI okay. on the money, yeah. which is interesting. Yeah. So it's whether or not we 
go with the kind of do we go with the extra hassle the extra yeah. work to put in a fifth bedroom yeah which gets us the extra cash flow but doesn't necessarily bump the roi up which is yeah. a yeah. interesting one so we've got no, not really got a minimum four bedrooms i suppose would be the minimum yeah um, but it's all off minimum 25 percent roi thousand pound a month and we have an ideal of leaving no more than 40k in a in, in a property sometimes you just got to get yourself on the on the ladder so oh, we're, yeah, leaving, we're, leaving, we're, we're leaving more than 40 and it's kind of high 40s getting yeah. towards 50k that we're leaving in the first one yeah yeah um, you've got to start somewhere right? you've got to start yeah. somewhere first deal is always going to be your worst that's what everyone says so yeah. you can only get better than that better yeah, some, there. some people take spend so long looking for that great deal and yeah. before they know 12 months has gone by and exactly if you yeah. just took the first deal that you've been offered you might have made you know between five and ten <laughs> after the first 12 months <laughs> yeah the option between the four and the five bed five bedroom it needs a license four bedroom yep. it doesn't yep yeah that's right obviously a lot less time invested would it would it still be still meeting hmo regulations with the four bed as well as like everything still high spec and yeah yeah so we we want to produce high-end hmos we're always meeting the minimum area requirements regardless of whether or not yeah. someone's actually going to come and check us for a license yeah. or whatnot <laughs> um we um it's if it's at least if it's not all on suite it's a bathroom per person so the the, okay. the five bed has got four on suites and one off suite okay, the nice. one in the the second one that we're doing that again is either way if it's a four or five bed it's going to be all on suites nice um, okay. so it is high you know it is high end and yeah. yes there's some time saving in terms of um, getting a license but where we are, we're not in the Article 4 area, so there's not going to be any problems with us getting a license. Yeah, no issue. Okay, so it makes sense to go for the five if, you, if you're yeah. putting that investment in. Yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. For the HMO as well, for the rooms, like, do you have a kind of a target person who you want to stay in there, like working professionals, students, who'll be your kind of target market? I definitely don't want students. Uh, <laughs> working, working professionals, yeah. yeah. And I imagine it'll, um, it'll be kind of young professionals is probably going to be in the you know low 20s age bracket just after after uni looking for their first property suppose having that touch of having the en suites or a bathroom per person yeah it's definitely um a kind of a, a demand really we were talking with uh sue yesterday regarding that as well where you know each room because they're coming out of uni they're kind of used to having that kind of en suite with yeah. the with the room so when they transition from that into a hmo it's kind of expected to have that kind of that facility of having mm -hmm. a bathroom or or a shower unit yeah. as well so um, definitely it seems to be getting a kind of more high end like the, the standard of HMOs has definitely seemed to be rising if you, you found that I suppose in, in oh definitely definitely I think there's a danger that um, some people are I think pe some people are coming into property thinking like so this is a great game and I can make all these beautiful houses and are going too far mm. and putting yeah. too much into them um, I think there is a limit you've still got a lot you've still got to think about it being an investment property and yeah. looking at the returns you're getting at the end of the day you can still do that um good design on a budget and mm. that's what we that's what we try to do just with reference to your background and like and what you're doing in the hmos is that like you're a very specific amount that you're investing in the per property do you sort of roughly know you know per bathroom per bedroom what you sort of spend in and have you got like a breakdown of of what your plans have been we are definitely getting there um yeah. very quickly starting to pull things together just even taking the quotes we get from each property and comparing them to each other and seeing yeah. where the where the builders differ etc okay. and it's interesting somehow how much some of them differ but we're definitely starting to really nail that down yeah. our architects by background both yeah. myself and mary 
so we're not we're used to being on construction sites as well so we do we do know what we're looking at when yeah. the builders doing something and yeah. you, know, <laughs> you know do have some idea when they're cutting a corner or whatnot and again we do have an idea of um you know what they should be what they should be charging us yeah, yeah. so the, yeah we're slowly putting that together yeah. the one on site at the minute we didn't take it back to brick or anything okay. we took down one wall between two of the bedrooms and even the mount to get okay. the to get the areas up and then we have just put, made some new openings etc to, to, to form your own suite yeah and then we have knocked through into the garage to make and convert in the garage to make new living space yeah, like nice. new communal space so your actual stud works it's, it's, it's peanuts really yeah. it's not that's not the cost your cost is in yeah and all the own suites and yeah. all the stuff you don't see in terms of, of waste and plumbing yeah, and okay. all the um, we've had a rewire so the amount of money that's going into the wall stuff we're not even gonna yeah, not even yeah, gonna yeah. see yeah. Um, that is where yeah that is definitely where all your where all your cost is okay. Okay. So, yeah so one of those things like uh, having that kind of conting contingency just in case you know a little bit of yeah. a, a fund for the the unknown things that are going to crop up you know um, yeah for the listeners listening in like it is one of these things that's important we found that out the hard way setting up like SA units like oh, no, yeah. for like you know <laughs> the extra costs that pop up or nowhere. Oh, we forgot about this and oh wait, that's this has to be done. Yeah, yeah. it just happens, but it's, it's part of it, right? Yeah, it does definitely need a contingency. That is yeah. for sure. We knew that we weren't hundred percent sure on how the waste were going to work in this one. Um, we didn't know how big the um, void was underneath the floorboards. Obviously, you can. There's okay. only so much you can do in someone's house. You can't start lifting their floorboards, asking them yeah. to see <laughs> under the under the floor. So, um, yeah, build a kind of you know half an hour, day one on site. Yeah, there's not enough room for the for the waste pipes. Yeah, yeah. He wanted to put in a, um, a macerator or a sandy flow, and I just said, no chance. I think you, that's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah you've got. Um, well. I said forget about the costs you've just come up with another solution yeah um gave him three days to stew on it and he's come up with another answer and it's going to cost us maybe 200 quid more than we we factored oh, in so not it's nothing yeah but don't don't be averse to push back on on your builder and <laughs> make them make them stew for a bit to, to come up with some other option so yeah. for, for anyone that doesn't know could you explain what sunny flow is i've been told by a builder before but i'm not i'm not very experienced in that area so sunny flow um it's it's like a little kind of box slash machine that kind of attaches onto the back of typically onto the back of your toilet yeah and it's when you can't get enough gravity falls for the waste to get away yeah and what that does is it kind of when it fills a motor starts up and it pushes and drives the um, waste down okay. the pipe yeah um but it's noisy which yeah. is why it's not good for um hmos HMO, or yeah properties you're letting because it's only going to drive your, your tenants mad yeah, yeah, yeah. and it's effectively a piece of machinery so it's going to it's going to break at some point or it's yeah. going to need to be maintained and so there's not just the cost of it which isn't that much it's only i think about 200 250 quid they're not that okay. expensive as long as you don't need one for every bathroom but yeah. the maintenance it's the ongoing maintenance of them as well that you've got to think about yeah and i think the, the one builder that told me about it said that they get they get blocked quite easy as yeah. well if people are putting stuff on the yeah. toilets he said it can be a nightmare He's put them in properties before and you know every other month he's out there fixing it or replacing it or trying to unblock it so yeah. that was it probably not a good move is it no, <laughs> no avoid them at all costs yeah i think i suppose again about future planning you know for the long term you know do you really want that problem to crop up in a few years time like oh it's broken know, yeah. and send it around the maintenance guy and, yeah. exactly and your tenants are you know especially you know we're quite in this instance we're quite lucky that we have got we have got an off suite so yeah. if something does go wrong with a tenant's bathroom, you know, okay, you've got a new, we'd have to do, agree with the tenant who who uses the off suite, but there is a bathroom that the other yeah, tenants can nice. get into without 
without uh, having to go through someone's bedroom. Yeah, yeah, that makes um, sense. Yeah. But you know, it's, it's a problem if it if it breaks. If mm. it's all on suites and it breaks and there's nowhere for them to, no bathroom for them to use anymore, then yeah, you've got yeah. a problem. I've never actually thought of that. Have you? That's quite yeah. a good idea. Actually, yeah, <laughs> yeah I've never so. even thought of that. Yeah, yeah. So plan B essentially, if there's any plumbing issues in the on suites. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a similar thing as well with your showers. For the, try and get at least one electric shower in your property. Okay. Because then as well, if you have something goes, you boil the brakes. There's still a shower for someone to use. Separate bathroom with an electric yeah. shower in there, for example. Exactly. Very good idea, that. Yeah, nice. definitely. Yeah. Safe proof on these kind of issues. Like, if they do crap up, yeah, they might yeah. endeavour, but like, at least if yeah, they do, exactly. it's like a plan B, really. It's, yeah. it's good like that. Yeah. And, um, Especially if you're in Australia. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Getting that phone call. <laughs> Um, so the HMOs, do you plan on, do you plan on like, solely sticking to, to Leeds? No, we look around Leeds, so um, Leeds and then the kind of surrounding commuter towns, which Wakefield, Halifax, yeah. are called Bradford a commuter town, but I think people from Bradford might claim that they're a, <laughs> a bit more than just a commuter town for Leeds. But yeah, we do look around the surrounding areas. I mean, the place we've got in, in Leeds, it's, it's not really Leeds, it's Leeds kind of postcode, but it's... Um, just off a local train station that's about six minutes into the city centre so okay, okay yeah good commuter routes and yeah, all exactly. that and is that something you'd look for like when you're looking to purchase your hmos um, what would you look for like in the surrounding areas to make it kind of viable as a hmo we have kind of quarter mile search radiuses around like key things and they're like train stations hospitals kind of lit so again the one we've got we're we're like 30 seconds from the train station but then there's also a shopping center okay. next to the train station so if it's got kind of like a little, its own little kind of town centre hub yeah. like that, if the train station wasn't there, we'd still we still would have probably looked at that as, a, so. as a viable area because it's got its own little community. Interesting. So Coffee shops, go, restaurants, and things like that. Don't have to go out very far for that sort of stuff. No, the bus routes. There's a really good bus connection as well from yeah. there. So again, even if the train wasn't there, the bus would be sufficient into town. And like I said, it's got the it's got its own little town centre, so okay, people yeah. aren't aren't dependent on getting into the city. Yeah, and are you finding them deals on your own? Have you looked at using a saucer or anyone helped you along the way? We're not, we've got no aversion to a saucer. We looked at saucers when we were doing essays. We yeah. just didn't get very good deals offered to us. Um, and we wouldn't have any, we wouldn't be averse to using a saucer on the HMOs. But we, at the minute, we're just picking everything up ourselves off, yeah. um, off right move, nothing. Not fancy. We've tried some DTV in the past. Um, we didn't. We didn't get any leads off it. Yeah. Um, we are actually going to be hiring a VA this weekend. And nice. We were doing the interviews. We did the interviews last week, and so that's something that we might pick back up again now. That's something. You know, something yeah. they can coordinate for us. Yeah, yeah, nice. Yeah, direct to them. Yeah, direct to them. Nice. When you're looking, you're strictly looking on right move, or do you use? We've heard of people using like spare room and open rent to try and contact landlords who've already got HMOs and stuff in certain areas. Is there any sort of that, any tips you've got like that for anyone else looking? We've used the HMO register before to try and find um, landlords, Yeah. tired landlords. Um, we have seen a property before that we found through Gumtree. Okay. Um, that we, didn't, we didn't progress with it. The guy wanted obscene amount of money when we actually got there. We've not tried um, spare room or anything, but then yeah, with you get SA from the SA point of view, we we had quite a few viewings off um, open rent. Open rent, yeah, yeah. Well, that's what we found. First one. Yeah, first, first one. First yeah. Direct yeah, to yeah. landlords uh, viewed the property, yeah. and yeah, she was happy to go with us. So um, with the VA as well, um, how how do you go about employing them? Did you use like I mean, was it online jobs that PH is one of them? And we yeah, we used the one called um, the Freedom Geek. Freedom Geek, okay. And they they basically 
find you all the candidates and do all the initial interviews. In, right. um, they narrow it down to three people, and then you. That's when you basically step in. You do the interview yeah, on, the yeah. last, on the last on the last last three candidates. Right. Okay. Um, and what then, what things are you kind of looking out for then? What kind of things are you uh, looking to assess when you're dealing with these potential candidates? So the. The jobs I was going to be doing, we, we, it's the kind of last step really of systemizing RSA properties is um, guest communication, okay. chasing guests who haven't filled in their um, terms, uh, yeah, terms, condition forms, etc. Yeah. Um, and then the other side of it is going to be like scraping right move for properties and doing research type work for us. Okay. Um, so yeah, they're the two big things we've been looking for, good, good communication, that's kind of written English mainly because yeah. that's how they'll be communicating that interest in you know sitting and scraping data on a on a computer because it's not everyone's cup of tea yeah it's quite time consuming isn't it yeah (laughs) how much did that so what what was the website called that you used the freedom the freedom geek and what was the cost it's less than 500 pound i can't remember exactly what it was mary mary dealt with all that side of things i just ducked in when we were doing the interviews (laughs) but it's it's definitely less than 500 pounds um and we've been really um impressed with the with the service they've given us so okay. far. So it's worth it and you'd recommend it if anyone else is? Yeah, definitely. Definitely okay. recommend them. Okay, that's good. It saved, us a, it saved us a lot of time. Like, okay, it's one of those things where, yeah, you could go off and you could put an ad on um, online jobs or um, mm. Fiverr.com or what, you know, whatever. Um, yeah. you, c- you can put your own adverts on, but you've got to do your own sifting. You've got to... Yeah. You know, For the people getting bombarded with requests and yeah. applications, like 200 plus applications, yeah. and then having to filter out all that and... Yeah, that can be quite time-consuming, yeah. to say the least. One of the big things that um, Freedom Geek, Geek give you as well is um, the candidates have to do like a personality test, okay. a, a disc profile, yeah. and that helps as well because you get it's like um, the ones who want to be leaders and creatives, but then you get the ones that want to be that are happy doing kind of solo, you know, head down type of work mm, and well, like speaking to people and stuff like that. So you can you can see just from that graph. Yeah. Okay, this person enjoys speaking to you know he's in the category of well, enjoy speaking to people or enjoyed kind of doing um, solo self managed research yeah, work yeah. type thing, which really helps to narrow them down. Interesting. Are we being advised? Sorry, that we avoid the ones that might come across all confident, but they're the ones that want to tell you they're like, oh well, I know you asked me to do this, but mm. I thought it'd be good if we it'd be good for your business if we did it like this yeah. instead. Yeah. It's like well, that's not what I needed. Yeah. So. <laughs> Send an email yesterday. We yeah. um, picking our ideal candidates. So we're actually going to take two of them on. One one that we see being ideal for that kind of essay guest management and communication, and one that we see being ideal for the um, research type stuff. He's already got background working as a BA for another property company. So we're hoping that's going to save us some time on on training, and he'll yeah. be able to just get get straight in there. And uh, whether we keep both of them, we'll see. But um, I had an email this morning. I need to go back on. Um, hopefully there'll be. Yeah, they'll be on board as soon as possible, really. Nice so if anyone listening or, listening or watching, how much does that sort of thing cost? Have you got like a, is it a monthly price or an hourly rate, depending on how much you need them? It's or? an hourly rate of £2 an hour, which sounds like slave labour, but that yeah. is a very well-paid job for people in the Philippines. Okay. One of the candidates was a financial advisor in his day job. Really? And yeah, he man. wants to become and be a, come and be a VA because it's a better, it's a better paid job. Wow. So when you think about it like that, like yeah. um, it just that's unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah, wow. crazy that. 
How many hours a week have you sort of give them an estimate on how much you're going to need them? To start with, it's probably only going to be about 10 hours a week. Okay. Um, they definitely won't be full time, but yeah. um, as, soon, as, the, as we continue to grow, it's obviously going to get bigger. Once we, um, our HMO start getting rented out, well, then there's more tenant liaison yeah. to do. There's all the um, referencing, checking of tenants, mm-hmm. etc. It's, you know, it's just going to keep building up. Yeah. And we yeah. can always fill that time with personal research for us as well, wouldn't yeah. Yeah. I need something yeah. fi- buying on Amazon or something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, this is it, like, you know, when you have your VA with you uh, from, like, the start, and yeah. as you grow, they kind of can grow with you at the same time. Definitely. It's, it seems like that's uh, something we're actually looking into at the moment. Uh, yeah. We've been tossing about the idea of bringing on a VA, but um, I think even just hearing that now, just you can bring them on for even just 10 hours a week like that. Yeah. that 20 yeah. quid? Yeah. And, you know, exactly. Yeah. I was always like, well, we don't need it yet. We haven't got that much workload. Think, thinking that we're going to have to mm. commit to like two, three hundred pounds a month, but we're obviously no. not, are we? So that's no, probably something in my, in my head that I should probably get out of my, my head. <laughs> I think it's definitely worth doing early because it then forces you every step of the way to kind of write a manual or a, you know, a, a step by step process. Yeah, that's okay. to, to give to a VA as opposed to. You know, say you're six months or a year down the line, you know, we need a VA, and you've got to go like try and figure out everything you do and how you do it. Yeah. And could you run us through that process a bit? So, say for example, right move. Would you do like a a screen video capture of you searching right move and scraping that down? Is that something you do? Yeah. So we'll just use Zoom or um, you know go to meeting or something, and we'll just record it as we're t- talking them through the process live on a camera. Yeah. And then that can just be saved then as a something that they can reference. Nice. Um, if we might back it up with a with a written manual to go with it if needed, but we'll just yeah. see how they're getting on and how they prefer to learn. I mean, I prefer to learn off written work than yeah, yeah. visual okay. work, but we'll see. Okay, sound. Um, there's just two subjects that I, I wanted to touch on. Because um, me and Joe have been looking at like three bed houses into like four bed minimos. We've yep. looked at the bigger properties and stuff. But one of the things that we were like really concerned about was the whole commercial valuation side of the HMO. Yeah. How have you found that and what research have you done and based your figures on really? So we don't even dream of getting a commercial valuation unless there's at least six beds. Okay. And even that's a slightly gray area. I, you know, I'd say it's got a definitely seven. Once you go into Sue Generous um, planning condition, then you'll definitely get a commercial six yeah it's a bit debatable off different, okay. off different lenders okay. so we try and base everything off uh, bricks and mortar nice again there is lenders that will do you what's known as a hybrid valuation yeah. where they'll give you the bricks and mortar plus plus a bit more based on um how much refurb you've done yeah. and that's not a oh we did 100k of refurb so give us another 100k yeah. there's yeah. a solo they're still going to be kind of reasonable about it but they'll give you that bit extra because they appreciate that you've um You've done a lot of work turning into a HMO. Yeah. Shawbrook's one of the main ones that everyone seems to know about that do that. Okay. Um, there is some other, there other lenders. But again, it comes down to um, what's available to you on the market. Yeah. So at the minute we're dealing with lenders that will only um, do bricks and mortar valuations for yeah. us. And we're only doing five beds at most anyway. So we wouldn't expect a full commercial. Okay, because we, we, when me and Joe were like toying around, we, we, I don't know why we had in our head, but we were like, we're looking to just do four bed HMOs and less, so we didn't need the license. We could still yeah. meet regulations, but we wouldn't need a license. And we were like, sort of, well, I was under the impression that sort of five and above people were going for commercial valuations. So we sort of sat down and spoke about it that we just wanted to do bricks and mortar because we felt that 
people got over leveraged yep. and if the market yeah. tanks and you've got that amount on sta- outstanding and you know 150 outstanding and it's yep. only worth 140 definitely so if you did a five or a six bed you can still get the bricks and mortar valuation yeah okay oh yeah completely okay the, the one i um, i mentioned to you off camera before that um went to view property yesterday which is a fantastic opportunity yeah um and i've been running the i was running the numbers on it last night and that could we could easily go down a bricks and mortar or a commercial valuation on that one because it'd be a it'd be a six bed okay um and at the minute i would actually if it stacks up completely fine with the bricks and mortar valuation okay. and that's exactly what you'd said i'd i'd be more inclined to go that way yeah because uh, we're we we don't want to be over leveraging ourselves at all we'd if we went down a commercial valuation route we'd probably be a no money down deal and we might even pull out 10 or 15k nice yeah, yeah. but it's it's a cost and a risk that's yeah. i don't i don't feel is necessary with that commercial valuation would you pay a higher interest rate as well um i don't think the interest rate would be higher but obviously all the um the extra debt the, 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 yeah there's we pay a higher mortgage and things like that. Yeah, yeah. The lender we've um, spoken to our broker about is effectively it's effectively like a bridging loan okay. to start with. Yeah. Until the works are done and you right. get it and you get it on the mortgage. Okay, so like is it similar to like bridge to let? I've heard someone mention that type of product. Before. Yeah, it is a bit like that. Yeah. Obviously, me and Joe haven't done any specific HMO deals or financing or anything like that. Is there any advice that you'd give to someone that if you were going to start looking at certain types of lenders or brokers or how to structure the deal? Um. I'd just make sure you get yourself a good broker who yeah. knows the market. Um, when we first came back, we were you know we rang the first broker up and he was like, I can't help you. I've been in the UK for three years. You know, blah blah blah. Literally, have yeah. phone yeah. phone down. And then the next one, he was like, Oh yeah, I might be able to help you. And then rang us back later. And like every step, they all they tried to help us a bit more. And then right. we've kept coming back with no's. And eventually, we got a broker, and he was like, he managed to find us someone who'd lend with us on kind of okay there were some conditions to it so and um he we're sticking with him he's, he's been great he's uh, every step he's like oh okay now you're a bit further along actually now this lender will come and uh, okay, lend yeah, to you yeah, stuff yeah. and like i said the market's slowly opening to us and he's coming to us saying oh by the way i've uh, sent me some info and I'll, i might be able to get you an, another lender so nice. we've been re- really impressed with him so find yourself a find yourself a good broker who knows what they're talking about yeah Kent Reliance and um, that's who we've used. I can't remember who the other one is. There's two who are, um, I think it's Kent Reliance. I think it's Castleton Trust, maybe. I understand they're a bit more like a bridging type um, service, whereas Kent Reliance are more like a traditional mortgage. Okay. They're, they're the ones that are quite the easier ones to get into when you're first starting out. Um, but they, again, they come with, they're quite, quite a lot of restrictions in their agreements we had to do quite a bit of negotiating on the on the first one okay. um but again it's kind of got to do what you got to do to get your get your first one over the line and That's get it, on the market yeah. just getting that traction there and getting the ball rolling you know yeah. it probably just takes that little bit of a you know, it takes a bit more effort at the start and then obviously then as you said yourself kind of more doors open up to you then as, as you kind of go along yeah exactly yeah. that's interesting do you think that's because you've got your first deal sort of in the process and you've seen that you're, all, you're already borrowing and yeah they've seen you doing the process exactly exactly yeah. right they they second one even though we'd completed on the on the first one but you know it wasn't rented out anything you know reverb hadn't been done mm-hmm. and they were um 
you know, much more open to lending us through the second time. Really, yeah. away, wow. it was really interesting. Just because the transaction had gone through and yeah, really, yeah. So the the refurb wasn't like in full swing or you no, no nothing. Yeah, it's really interesting because um, a lot of them want uh, like twelve months experience of rent, especially HMO. If you want to do a HMO, they want like twelve months experience of buy to let, yeah, rental, okay. yeah. Um, which which we don't we don't have and so even then getting the first one having it for like yeah. i don't know a week or something and then giving us the second one it was yeah. okay well this hasn't been 12 months of yeah. rental history so it was all of it was, yeah it was all a bit strange but that's that's strange, that, yeah. so I, i've i've got a single left property myself so i think me and joe we'd have that yeah we'd have that background but at the moment we've because we're full-time in business we've got no earnings so do you think yeah. that would be a sort of big hurdle for us to jump not having any earnings um, I don't know to be honest, but I would I I reckon probably not if you've okay. got a um, if you've already got the rental history yeah, off the okay. other one. We spoke to a new broker this week, didn't we? And then the broker that I that I've used for my properties, I spoke to him and we're just trying to get get the vibe off what lenders are going to lend to us. And you know, obviously we want to do it in a limited company, but yeah. because we haven't got any earnings, one broker's told us that we might be better off doing it personally. Right. I've just got another mortgage that's going through now, just personally in my name, but. She explained that if it wasn't a limited company, I may struggle. Don't know how true that is, but we're just trying to explore all these avenues now to see what you know. Are we going to have to JV with somebody first who's got a big income? Yeah, and they can sort of personally personally guarantee it. Just don't know how to structure it, do we? Mm, There's a lot of different avenues, you know. There's a lot of food for thought. It's really just weighing up, and I suppose really falls on the lenders and what the lenders' criteria are. Definitely. We've yeah. got we've got a um, it's one of Mary's family members and she's just taken on a, a buy to let and yeah. in you know in her kind of relationship with her husband she's she's very much a low you know on a paper to a mortgage company she's a very low income yeah. earner but she's bought it under her, you know for herself the husband's not on it and, and oh, has yeah. previous has pre has previous um, rental history though yeah um, she's had no issues, no issues whatsoever yeah. so. I think you just need to speak to the right people and, yeah. and find the right lender. Yeah, yeah, that'd be interesting. Jack, and you could put us in touch with your, your yeah, broker. definitely, definitely. I'll <laughs> happily give you give you our broker's details. We we rate him very highly, so okay. that goes to anybody. We'll def- we'd always recommend him. Okay, yeah, perfect. And then about um, with reference to like builders and getting and getting quotes for certain types of work, how do you structure that? Like we hear a lot of people that advise us, you know, get free quotes. Did you know any sort of builders in the Leeds area? How did you go about? <laughs> Yeah, so every every builder that came to look at our properties, we either well, they were referred to us, or we'd seen them on social media, or you okay. know there was some there was some link there to them. Like one of them I knew his his sister type thing. Yeah, so yeah, okay. there was some there was always some link there. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, it's a good starting point. But I one of them, even though like I actually had a relationship with them, they just dropped off the face of the earth and never, really? gave, yeah. never gave us a quote back. So yeah. don't you know? It's not all it's not all great just because you just because you might know them. Yeah. Um, so we went down that route, um, and then the builder we actually ended up using was um, someone we'd never never met before. Okay. Just found them online. Okay. Um, so you know, again, yeah. I don't know what people say yeah. about. Um, Get, you know, people with references and things, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's gonna it's gonna turn yeah, out turn, turn out that way. Yeah, yeah. And with the refurb, no, I suppose depending on the size of the refurb, would you set up like maybe a from the build itself, like maybe a schedule of works or anything like that, or yeah. So again, um, I, I, I think I've scared some quite a few of the builders because okay. um, 
I don't know, I think there may be a lot of them used to coming in and having a homeowner who wants an extension put in on the back and it's yeah. just like, yeah. oh, I want it to be this big, this big yeah. and yeah. like, you know, have some double doors and a window and, yeah. you know, can you do that type thing? Whereas I had a, you know, full set of drawings and a scope yeah. of works written yeah. up. Um, so yeah, well, on one hand, I think I scared them. On the other hand, um, I think some of them liked it because they can just tick off Ticking whilst they're doing yeah, the costing. Yeah. Well, I need, I need five door frames and blah, 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 yeah, yeah, etc. Um, so, so yeah, I, I went quite, you know, architect background just went quite heavy and yeah, um, yeah. did a full set of drawings and for them. Interesting. So, um, a little bit of a plug, but, you know, just in case there's any investors listening or anyone that may be interested in working with you, have you got any other projects going on at the moment or anything coming up? Yeah, so the one um, one that's going through conveyancing at the minute, that's, um, there's an opportunity there for an investor to get involved with the with the refurb. Yeah. And then, yeah, we've got kind of two or three in the pipeline that we'd like to get get on nice. with if um, investors are interested in coming and speaking to us. Nice, sounds like you've got a lot, a lot of pipeline ready to <laughs> yeah. go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And um, they're, all, they're all HMOs, they're yeah. all in Leeds or the surrounding areas, kind of four or five beds. Um, That's true. So yeah, anyone, okay. anyone wants to come get involved? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. A, get in touch. 100%, so uh, where can people find you? Where can they uh, reach out to find you? Um, so you can drop us an email. Um, you can drop us an email at team at eliteinvestorgroup.com. Yeah. But if you um, if you want to see what we're up to, Instagram's the place to be. That's where we post everything. Yeah. Um, and that's where we're most active. And that's at Elite Investor Group. Perfect. Okay, that's great. Oh, Excellent. That's, that's been really good, really yeah. helpful. Thanks for yeah, answering our questions. Well. Yeah, thanks yeah, thanks yeah. yeah, thanks very much. Perfect. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Cheers. We talk about property, business, and everything in between. Hosted by Jack Heskin Taylor and Joe McCarthy. Sharing the stories of entrepreneurs, property investors, and our journey to health, wealth, and happiness.